So if, if, if the description of our enemy calls it a, a, a roaring lion, 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Have you ever heard the roar of a lion? We've probably heard it on TV, right? But have you ever felt like you were running from a lion in your life today? You ever felt like you've had a lion chasing you? The scripture describing the enemy specifically says that he prowls about as a roaring lion. We see that in scripture. But guess what? Our enemy's a poser. He's not a lion. He, he's a fake. He's not a real lion. He only mimics a lion. And he mimics a lion's roar in order to frighten his intended prey. Can he devour you? Can our enemy actually devour us? Physically, no. Spiritually, he can play havoc on our lives if we let him. Let me ask you a question. I want you to really consider this question throughout the rest of this morning. Why are you running from your lion? Now, I've never really felt like I was afraid of much. I grew up in the country. Uh, I could be out on the creek bank in the middle of the night. Around, it didn't matter. Outside was fine. You know what always scared me the most? Being inside a building with the lights out. I still, to this day, can't hardly walk past a dark doorway without just chills running up my spine. I don't like being inside. I know what's out there. I don't know what's hiding in here. And as a lawman, I know, I know exactly. You're thinking, yeah, I know what he's saying. <laughs> I mean, so, but why? Why are you running from a lion? Let me share a story with you. The story finds our subjects fighting their way through a dense jungle. Uh, imagine, if you will, a little Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of theme here. The path is hard to follow. There's many pitfalls, stumbling blocks to trip them up. It's not well lit, and the forest surrounding them is very dark and very ominous. Anybody here ever elk hunted? Been to Colorado? Spent time in the big mountains? You know the phrase dark timber? What is, what is dark timber? You ever been there? It's, you get into a pine forest in the mountains, and it gets dark. I mean, it's like nightfall inside a thick pine woods. If you get out of those pine woods, and you know, that's what they call it dark timber just for that reason. Well, you think about that. If you're, if you're in, the, in a jungle, there's not a lot of sunlight, so it's dark, it's ominous. So as our group adventures, uh, of our adventurers come to a stop and a time to, uh, to rest, they post two watchmen along the path through this wilderness to keep a lookout for trouble. The group who are resting soon hear a loud commotion coming from the direction of the trail as the two watchmen who had been posted there came running into the camp out of breath, obviously scared. The wilderness guide asked them, why are you running? To which they breathlessly replied, there is a lion chasing us. The guide said, well, there's a lion inside of you as well. To which the watchman replied, this is the biggest lion I've ever seen. So the guide again calmly replied, the lion in you is bigger. So again, I ask you, why are you running from a lion today? You see, you too have a lion inside of you. If, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've surrendered to Christ, 
The lion inside of you is greater than any lion that will ever chase you. If you don't learn to face the lions, you'll be running from them the rest of your life. If you allow a lion to chase you today, chances are he'll chase you tomorrow. If they can get you running, he's going to keep you running. Now, I've never been on a, a wilderness lion hunt. I've really kind of put this thing in place that I'm really, I don't really care to go after anything that could eat me. You know, I mean, I'll stick to deer and, you know, things of that nature. But, so I've never been on a hunt. But I can imagine if, if I were to go on a lion hunt, I'd want to take the proper equipment, right? So I have my little possibles bag here. Let's see what all I got in here. Lion hunting. No, that's probably not going to work. Not this. Oh, no. I don't want that. Um, okay. Oh, this thought looks cool. That <laughs> yeah, probably won't work either. Is it? Uh, dear Grunt. Got all kinds of stuff in here. Now, the one thing, though, that I can imagine, if I was going to lion hunt, obviously I'm taking a gun, right? How big a gun do you think it takes to go after a lion? Let's see what all I got in here. I got... Nah, not big enough. Nope. Well, it, nah, that's for ducks. Try something else here. Well, well uh, I still need bigger. I'm thinking bigger, right? Ha-ha. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, that that's, I mean, that's a beast. I mean, right? That's... 50 cal, but you think you think bigger? Yeah. I think bigger. I mean, it's a lion. A lion could eat me. I'm thinking, what's bigger than a 50 cal? Well, it just so happens that I have the ultimate, get rid of my stuff here, the ultimate lion chasing ammo. <laughs> That'll do it. I'm pretty sure. If it doesn't, it's probably not going to matter because you're going to get kicked into the timber so hard that, anyway. <laughs> I, and again, I, you know, I, love this, I love having fun, I love, I, but I want our minds to be thinking about lions and the fact that, that the Bible calls the enemy of our soul that he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So he's looking to mess us up. Now, I know that we could probably line up and tell stories all day long of how the enemy of our soul has messed us up from time to time. I've got a bunch. My whole life has been a mess from time to time because I've allowed him access into my life. See, there's, there's a key element going on here. The only way the lion chasing you can have any effect on you is if you let him. The enemy of our soul has no power over us that we don't allow him to have. I know that's a, kind of a hard thing to swallow sometimes, but it's kind of like what God showed me one time in, in my pursuit of him that... I don't have to sin. You realize that, right? I mean, we don't have to sin. We live in a fallen world. We were born into sin. But when we give our life to Christ, we, we don't have to continue in sin. We don't have to fall. Will we? Probably so. Because our flesh is always at war with our spirit. But what he, what he showed me was when I sin, when I fall, 
it's completely my fault. I'm the one that has to take responsibility for that. No one in this room could cause me to sin. I would have to choose to do so. And, and it's the same with this lion. The only way this lion, of, of, of our, the enemy of our soul, can touch us is if we allow him to, if we choose to allow him access into our life. In the spiritual, we've got weapons that are far more powerful than any gun we could ever carry. Now, I, I carry a weapon. I mean, I also think God gave me common sense. We're going to face things out there that could be troublesome. I want to be prepared for that. That's common sense. It'd be like saying, well, I, you know, I trust the Lord, so I don't need a doctor. I've kind of tried that path. It doesn't work well for me. I, I've got some extra plumbing inside, you know, because I've had some issues with my heart and things of that nature that I couldn't seem to resolve myself. So I'm going to trust that God's given someone sense more so than I have. And it's the same in our spirit realm. He's given us things. He's given us tools. He's given us weapons of warfare that we can use against our enemy. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 in the New King James Version says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And, and verse 4 and 5 continues with this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let me ask you a question. If, if you had to stand up right now and tell me, how do you capture a thought, what would you tell me? You ever really thought about that? How do you capture a thought? He tells us right there in Scripture that we're to take every thought into captivity and make it obedient to Christ. How do you do that? Again, bringing my own personal journey into play here, this is what God showed me one time. What happens with our thought patterns? I mean, we get to thinking, and we can wind up with some stinking thinking, and we get us into ourselves in trouble. We get our mind in places we shouldn't be. How do we take those thoughts captive? And it can be a number of things. Pick your, pick your poison, whatever you want. This is what God showed me. The best way to capture a thought is to put something in its place. So what I've learned to do, I have a favorite old worship song. It's a hill song. It was Darling Check. It's Jesus Lover My Soul. I can get that song spinning in my head. I know it by heart. It's one of my favorites. So when my mind goes into places that it shouldn't be going, when my thoughts begin to trail off into things that I shouldn't be thinking about, now it's become habit. I begin getting that spinning in my mind. And the next thing you know, I'm no longer thinking about the stinking thinking, and I've captured my thoughts. It's really quite simple. It, it takes some practice. Put it into play in your own life. When your mind begins to wander into places that shouldn't be, when your thoughts begin to wander off into places they shouldn't be, get something, maybe a favorite scripture, maybe a favorite worship song, and get that spinning in your head, and the next thing you know, you're thinking about that, and you're not thinking about what you shouldn't have been to begin with. It will help you, I guarantee you. The lion inside of you is greater than any lion that will ever chase you. If you see the lion inside of you, you'll not be afraid of anything. If you could really come to an understanding that, that when you are a follower of Christ, the lion that's in you, if, if you could really get a visual of what that looks like, there's nothing that could ever chase you again. The New Living Translation of that version says, we are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. 
We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. You'll not make it through this wilderness if you don't see the one that's in you. If you can't see the lion that's inside of you, this world outside of these walls will eat you alive. That's when you have to really see that lion in you. Who or what is the lion inside of us that I'm referring to? I'm glad you asked. Revelation 5, 5. Then the one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now let's consider the significance of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah is one of the 12 sons of Jacob. To make this simple, I won't get too far into this. The descendants of these sons formed the 12 tribes of Israel. A reference to the tribe of Judah is a reference to the human or to the natural lineage of Jesus Christ himself. You can read that in Matthew chapter 1 if you want to read the genealogy there. Jesus was a descendant of Judah, which also included David. It included Solomon. Eventually making its way all the way down to Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, actually his stepfather, if you want to be technical. The other mention of the line happens in Genesis 49. In this occasion, Jacob calls his sons together, and he tells them what will happen to each of them in the days to come. Clearly, Jacob is speaking with a prophetic language. When he gets to his son Judah, here he proclaims this in Genesis 49, 8-12. He said, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies, and your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son, like a lion. He crouches and he lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff between his feet, until he whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch, he will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes, and his eyes will be darker than wine, his teeth whiter than milk. When you consider these verses, this, this reference to the line of the tribe of Judah points to the conquering victorious king that would descend from Judah's lineage. That's what it's describing here. It's being prophetic. It's talking about the coming Christ. We know that this line is pointing, the, or this, the line that they're pointing to is only one person. It's Jesus himself, God in human form, who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. The one in whom, you, when surrendered to the Lord, becomes the lion inside of you. There is none greater. It, it, it doesn't mean that we won't be confronted by lions. If, if you've ever watched anything on TV, or there's always competition, right? There, there's always some other lion coming after the one to try to take its place, to try to dethrone it. If, if you truly have the, the, the line of the tribe of Judah inside of you, nothing can dethrone that. There could be threats. There can be battles. You may come away with some wounds. But you will not be defeated if you stand firm in your faith with the lion that's in you. Instead of running from your lion, turn and chase. That is one of the best things I think I ever learned in this is when something's coming after me remember we talked last night about we don't have any armor on our backside we're not to turn our back on our enemy we turn and face and when we turn and face when we confront what did Jesus do when he was confronted with Satan himself 
Satan tempted him using Scripture. You, you need to understand that. Satan came after him with knowledge. He came after him with his own word. But how did Jesus defend himself? He confronted him with truth, with word, in correct form. <laughs> See, Satan likes to twist things around. He, li he likes to come at us with stuff to mess our minds up, to make us think that we're okay in doing some of the things that we're doing. Don't trust, any, don't trust my word. Don't take any man's word. Get in the word. Get in his word and find out for yourself. Confirm that what God is speaking to you today is truth. And that truth will set you free. There's three things that are the greatest threat to the lions who prowl about us. Three things. First one, when we know the voice of the Lord. That's a threat to our enemy. Secondly, when we obey the voice of the Lord. Bigger threat. And third, when we dwell in the Lord's presence. When we've got those three things in place, that's one of the greatest weapons that we will ever have. Knowing the voice of the Lord, obeying that voice, and dwelling in his presence. We, we can't be anyplace else. We, we need his presence more than we need his power. You understand that? We always seek his power. We're, we're always looking for his hand. We're always crying out to God that we need something from him. What we need is his presence. Because in his presence is all of his power. We need his presence in our midst constantly. To do his will in Matthew 7, the will of God clearly references obedience to him. We need to abide in him. When we abide in the will and the obedience of the Lord, we simply have no safer place to be. You know, we hear that word a lot, right? That the will of God. Anybody by chance know what that really is? I, I do, recently. <laughs> I, had to I had to figure this out. God challenges me with stuff all the time. I've heard that all my life. That we need to be in the will of God or we need to pray with the will of God in mind. Well, what is God's will? Simplicity, it's his want for you. God's will is his want, his desire, his choice for each of us. I, I want his will in my life. I want his want for me. I want his choice for me. I want his desires for me. Because they're going to they're gonna end up being way better than anything I'll ever come up with on my own. The lion inside of you is greater than any lion chasing you. We must, above all else, follow him. We must learn not to fear the lions that are seeking to devour us, but in turn make them fear us because of the one who abides in us. Listen, I'm not going to face a lion on my own. If I'm not confident in the lion that's in me, there's no way I'm standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with a lion. But if I am confident in my faith, there may be some fleshly fear but what can he do to me? Truly, what can the enemy do to me? If he, if he takes my life, I'm in a better place. Why would I fear something that can't truly destroy me? Not when I'm, say, I'm anchored in, the, in Christ. When I'm anchored in my relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not anchored in him, you've got some things to worry about. Everything that can be shaken... Those who are not in him, anything in this world that's not connected to Christ can and will be shaken. And we're seeing that shaking. We've, we've been seeing it for a long time, but, but even more so now in the days that we're living in. There's only one thing that cannot be shaken. It's God's kingdom. Nothing, no power on earth, no power in hell, nothing. His kingdom cannot be shaken. 
And when we live in the shadow of the Almighty, our world may shake around us, but we need not be afraid because our spirit cannot be shaken from him. I'm going to ask you again today. Watch out. Are you running from a lion? Have you got something in your life that's just won't leave you alone? The Bible tells us to come and drink from the living water and turn and face that lion and show your enemy the lion that lives in you. Today I'm going to ask you, if you're chasing or running from a lion that's chasing you, I'm going to ask you to surrender completely to the lion that's in you. It is the only way that you will ever defeat your enemy. Amen. If you would just bow your heads with me this morning. Father, once again, we find ourselves in your presence. God, we find ourselves in your peace. That's the only place we'll find peace on this earth is in your presence. God, you know every heart in this room. You know every struggle, every challenge. Father, you know every lie. There's often times that we find ourselves walking through this world living a lie because we don't want to be exposing our problems, our issues, our struggles. But God, today I'm asking that, that you pierce the heart of everyone here, that they know this is a safe place to surrender to. This is a safe place to allow you into their heart. This is a safe place to say, God, I've had enough. I'm tired of running from my lion. Today I'm going to face my lion. Today, I'm going to accept you into my life like I've never accepted you before. God, I sell out today. Nothing held back. I surrender all. Everything. Father, the hearts in this place that are thinking those things right now, you know, you know our minds, you know our hearts. God, I'm going to ask you that as they respond to you today, that you set them free. Not only set them free, God, but you fill them full of your holy presence your Holy Spirit, that will allow us to face any lion out there. As you contemplate your life today, I want to just ask you a question. Have you found yourself in a place where you just don't really know where to go from here? I don't really like to use the word lost. There's an old movie one time that uses the phrase, there's an old mountain man, he said, I, I'm, I'm not lost, I've never been lost. I've been fearsome confused a time or two, but I've never been lost. If you're confused today about who you belong to, about who's in you, I want you to contemplate this. Would you surrender today if you were facing a lion? Would you surrender to the one who could defeat whatever was chasing you? Oftentimes we get put in a hot spot, and that's exactly what we do. But what if we surrendered today to where we're never faced with that hot spot? That we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what we encounter in this life, we know who's in us, we know who we are in Him. Today, if you're not, if you're not sure who you are in Christ, if you're not surrendered to Him, I, I, just, I just want you to recognize that with Him. I'm not taking head counts, but if, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not where you should be with him, I just want you to slip your hand up. We want to pray with you. I see him. Put those hands down. Father, you see the hands. You see the response. You see the reactions. God, we're asking that you pour out over all of us 
that you make each one of us stronger than we've ever been before. Lord, the words that were spoken here is, I don't want to leave here the way I came. God, I want to leave here a better man of, of God. I want, to, I want to leave here stronger than I've ever been. I want to leave here with connections that help me walk this journey out in life. I've listened to conversations all, all through this weekend that we've been here, and, and I'm hearing the structure of iron sharpening iron all over the place. What a beautiful sight. If you're not part of that, if, if you're not allowing another man to be a part of your life, to encourage you, to, to strengthen you, to walk with you in hard times, you need to make that connection before you leave here today. Father, you see every heart. You know us. You saw the response. God, I ask you tonight or today that you just put your presence upon each one of us. God, that we, we give you access to our hearts. We give you access to our complete life. Nothing held back. No closet doors left unopened. And God, today we ask you to wash us clean. Fill our hearts with your, with your peace with your presence, with your love, with your forgiveness as we surrender to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's thank the Lord.